0: ABC Listen, podcasts, radio, news, music, and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Australia's inflation problem has little to do with the spending habits of homeowners. Because the major drivers right now are things like petrol, rent and the cost of building houses. So why are they being punished with another hike in rates when the inflationary pressures are out of their control? Today the ABC's senior digital business reporter Michael Yander on the limits of the RBA's blunt tool of using rates to control spending. Michael, it's been five months since the last interest rate rise in June, but now the RBA, it's done it again. So it's a really hard time, isn't it, for many borrowers. It's 13 rate rises in 19 months.
1: Yeah, well, if the rate rise is passed on in full, we're looking at more than $1,200 a month now in extra repayments for a $500,000 home loan since the Reserve Bank started hiking rates back in May 2022. And, you know, obviously, a lot of households have much larger loans than $500,000. So if you're talking a million dollar loan, you just double that figure. We're looking then at Uh, $2,400 a month that people have to find out of their household budgets.
0: So much money. So the rates have gone up from 4.1% to 4.35%. So we better unpack why it is, Michael, that the Reserve Bank has lifted rates once again. What's it saying? What's the reasoning behind this?
1: Basically, it's saying that what it has been saying, which is it has to get inflation back within target in a reasonable time frame. It noted that the most recent inflation figures, although they indicated inflation was coming down, they were higher than the bank had been forecasting. It's only going to just come to the top of the two to 3% target range by the very end of 2025. And they just thought they had to act now to hit that on the head and just make sure that those price pressures are going to come down. Mm -hmm. At the same time though, as it raised rates, it did change the critical guidance at the end of Michelle Bullock's statement and it said instead of saying a further tightening may be required, it has left it open and said whether further tightening of monetary policy is required will depend on the data and assessment of risks. Mm-hmm. So that's a very neutral statement. To me, that implies that uh, they've probably done this one and they hope they're finished.
0: Mm well, it's a pretty hard pill to swallow, isn't it, for some homeowners. The Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, a couple of weeks ago seemed to be suggesting that there was no real case for another rate rise. The Reserve Bank looks for material changes in the inflation uh, outlook. Uh, what we've seen today uh, is consistent with our expectations. It doesn't materially change the inflation uh, outlook going forward. Those comments have been seen by some commentators as raising political pressure on the RBA to hold rates, which obviously they haven't done.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I think it would be a a big disappointment to the government. Obviously, every rate rise hurts them politically. It seems from today's decision and the statement from the Reserve Bank that they do indeed think that this was a material increase in inflation above where they expected it, and they just want to hit it on the head and make sure it doesn't persist.
0: So Michael, I guess my question is, why haven't all the rate rises that we've had so far tamed inflation more?
1: Well, it's something that takes quite a bit of time. Uh, There's between a one and two year lag typically for the full impact of each rate rise to come through the entire economy and affect all our spending patterns and, and prices. What's happened more recently, that the Reserve Bank has said those lags might even be longer than they typically are. The biggest factor in Australia compared to previously is that we had a huge surge in fixed rate mortgages during the pandemic era. And so we've got a lot more people who are either still on a very cheap fixed rate or have only just come off those cheap fixed rates in the past six months or so. There's still about a third of those fixed rates that haven't expired yet. And so as those run off, then the full impact of interest rate rises will come through to a bigger number of mortgage borrowers. And of course, migration is the other big factor in Australia that's pushed up rents, which is a big contributor to inflation. And it's also holding up aggregate demand. That's the total consumption. So even though per person Australians have been spending less over the past year, So they are responding to rising interest rates. But because there are more people, that means total spending has continued to increase and that means businesses can keep passing on their cost rises.
0: Right, so inflation isn't coming down as quickly as the RBA had hoped for, even though a lot of us are actually spending less than we were before. It seems like, Michael, the interest rate tool that is, using interest rates to bring inflation down, isn't working as well as it did in the past.
1: Yeah, and part of that is the type of inflation that we've had, which has been triggered as much, if not more, by supply disruptions as it has been by excessive demand. The biggest driver was petrol prices. Mm. That's not because we used more petrol here in Australia. You know, that's driven by the global OPEC oil cartel cutting supply, war in Russia and Ukraine, uh, now conflict in the Middle East as well. And the second biggest contributor was new dwelling purchase, That's the cost of building homes, not the cost of buying existing ones. And that is an area in some ways that interest rates affect, and and they are indeed affecting it. Demand for new homes is at the lowest level in more than a decade. New home approvals have slumped, but that will still take a long time to feed through into the actual pricing of those new homes. And then the third is rents, and rising rates have nothing to do in lowering rents. If anything, they give landlords an excuse to put them up. And you have to get down to the fourth on the list of inflation items, which is restaurant meals, to to find an area where prices are rising strongly, that rates might have a near term positive effect on, mm. and we might eat out less, right. and uh, that will lower prices.
0: Okay, all right, so we might stop going to restaurants, but Everything else you've mentioned really isn't in the control of home borrowers, is it? So this tool, this interest rate tool, the blunt method, as some people describe it, isn't working as well as it did in the past. What else could we be doing instead that doesn't cause so much pain to so many Australian households?
1: So there's some radical options, which would be, say, increasing the compulsory superannuation guarantee for a year or two until inflation comes back down, which would take some money out of people's pay packets directly, but instead of losing it in higher interest payments to the bank, they'd be keeping it in their superannuation account for when they retire. That's pretty unlikely to happen. So another option is for governments to take some demand out of the economy by... Um, running bigger surpluses or smaller deficits. And one way to do that suggested by the International Monetary Fund was for governments to cut back on some of the big infrastructure spending they're doing, uh, particularly on the East Coast, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. There's some big transport projects underway. And uh, basically they suggested some of those could be delayed, which would a take demand out of the economy and also save those state governments some money because With inflation as high as it is and a shortage of skilled workers, those projects are costing more than they possibly could if they were delayed. Treasurer Jim Chalmers said he agreed with those comments by the International Monetary Fund that those projects, maybe some of them should be delayed.
0: I do think we're going to need to make some difficult decisions about the infrastructure pipeline, which factors in those $33 billion of blowouts
1: Uh, Unfortunately, in the longer term, if we delay those projects, that kind of transport infrastructure is what puts downward pressure on inflation longer term. So having better transport means higher productivity because you can get to work quicker, or trucks carrying goods can get around the city quicker on better freeways. And also having better transport infrastructure means you can build more homes in well-located spots that have access to transport, and that should make your housing cheaper.
0: For now, of course, the RBA is sticking with its method of moving interest rates around to control inflation. So, Michael, the Reserve Bank Board has always said it's navigating a very narrow path, and there is concern that this latest rate rise could push us into a recession. Does this increase the possibility of that?
1: Yeah, interest rates might be a blunt tool, but if you keep hammering the nail with the blunt tool, eventually it will go in, mm-hmm. you know, so they will work eventually. And the question is, will they work too well but too late? So we talked about the lag in monetary policy earlier and particularly with all those fixed rate loans, which the remainder of which are coming off over the next year or so. And that could mean that the peak effect of monetary policy hits us sometime next year and the risk is if the reserve banks push too hard and interest rates are too high, we could get into the middle of next year and be a bit like Wiley E. Coyote in Looney Tunes chasing the roadrunner and he's run off the edge of the cliff and he's still running in midair and it's not until he looks down that he realises there's no ground underneath him and down he goes into into the valley and that is always the risk with interest rates is that you push too far and because of the lag, by the time you realise you've done enough, you've done too much oh and the economy does fall into recession. So it's it's not hard to see the Reserve Bank running that risk of pushing a bit too far.
0: Michael, what everyone really wants to know then, if you're repaying a mortgage at least, is when will interest rates actually start coming down again?
1: Well, the Reserve Bank has issued a very neutral statement now uh, in its post-meeting statement from the Governor, Michelle Bullock, uh, which basically says they'll be guided by the economic data and it really implies that from here on, uh, the odds of another rate rise are probably about the same as a rate cut, but they're going to need to leave rates where they are to get inflation under control. So even though another rate rise is looking less likely. The market's still pricing the possibility of one, uh, either in December or possibly into next year, but it's probably less than a 50% chance. But the earliest forecasts for a rate cut Uh, see it in the second half of next year, and mostly right near the end of next year. So anyone expecting, you know, hoping for interest rate relief is, uh, is likely to be disappointed until at least the second half of next year.
0: Michael Yander is a senior digital business reporter with the ABC. The RBA will next meet on December the 5th, the last meeting, until February next year. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead, Anna John and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.